Hello everyone, welcome to Deeks and Dangles' initial hockey podcast. We're talking draft today for the 2014 NHL draft. I'm here with Jack Powell. Hockey fan and uh, Panthers fan extraordinaire. Panthers uh, for life. Uh, and uh, once again, the Panthers are picking the top five. <laughs> there we go. So this is a big draft for Jack. Uh, Dale Talon has the number one pick. And we're going to talk a little bit about Panthers needs, Boston Bruins needs, um, and maybe shape out how the rest of the draft might look. So uh, I think we look kind of how the Stanley Cup played out this year. Uh, obviously, the uh, L.A. Kings won their second in three years. Congrats to them. Yep. Big time. Big win there. So we look at the past five years, and we have um, kind of the Blackhawks in 2010, the Bruins in 2011, Kings 2012, Blackhawks again in 2013, and the L.A. Kings this year. Um, and you kind of shape out what the blueprint for an elite team looks like. Yeah, uh, definitely big time. They all have... Uh, whereas the teams are might play different styles, especially offensively or, or puck possession type of game, uh, they all have the similar pieces to, to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, that being, obviously, a stud defenseman uh, who you're very familiar with, with Chara. Yes. And uh, obviously an elite goaltender. And like we were discussing earlier, a lot of these teams with their top line center who just plays a fantastic two-way game. Right, and you see that in... You know, the three Selkin nominees this year, uh, Anse Kopitar, Jonathan Taze, and Patrice Bergeron, uh, key cornerstone players for those teams and, and their successes that they've had over these five years. And great playoff performers as well. Um, it always seems like uh, Taves's name is there uh, over the past four or five seasons. Uh, Bergeron just continues to impress, uh, you know, whereas I'm not sure he had the best run in – uh, last year's playoffs, um, still every year, he seems to be a clutch performer. And Andre Kopitar, uh, in my opinion, might be one of the more underrated uh, centers in the league. Absolutely, yeah. Big time. Yeah, so, you know, you, you look at what those kind of key players bring. Um, you, you know, the the Panthers are, are trying to get there. Uh, they've been in kind of this, you know, rebuilding and, and growing phase. And, and, you know, this is a big draft with that number one pick. Uh, so maybe, Jack, talk a little bit about, about what you think can bring the Panthers to that next level and and what's available uh, in this draft for the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like like we were saying, uh, you know, the key components to building a cup winner, you have to have an elite goaltender. You have to have a stud defenseman um, who plays a great two-way game. Um, you also have to have that number one center. Uh, you know, late last year, the Panthers pulled the trigger and brought back Roberto Luongo into the fold. Yep. Uh, though he's getting up there in age, I still think he has three, four, maybe even five really good years for himself uh, down in Florida. Um, he needs help defensively. Uh, the Panthers took Barkov with the number two overall pick last year in the draft, and uh, Alexander Barkov has all the tools. He seems to me like he's going to be one of those stud two-way guys uh, for years to come. Yeah. Um uh, you know, a European player, basically, I'll put it to you this way, uh, in the Olympics last year, he was started off centering the top line with Timo Solani for Finland uh, before he got hurt. So right, right. He, he's definitely going to be um, a critical piece for the Panthers' success moving forward. But as far as the targets go, uh, the general consensus is that should Florida keep the pick, since Dale Talon seems to be pretty coy about 
what, yeah, he, he, what he wants to do. He's kept that one pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, nobody really knows where the Panthers are going to pick. Uh, Dale Talon has expressed time and time again that he wants to improve the team immediately as opposed to waiting uh, for a potential pick to flourish and blossom uh, into a player that, that is going to help Florida down the road. But um, I'm in the position where I think Florida should just take – uh, the number one overall pick and take Aaron Ekblad, uh, number one. Uh, he seems to be the most complete, ready uh, NHL guy uh, right out of the gate. Um, he's got everything. He's got the size. Uh, he's got the leadership qualities. He can play a two-way game. Uh, he needs to work on his skating a little bit, but uh, you know, I think that there's definitely room for improvement there, but uh, he just seems to be the number one guy. Yeah, and he brings that kind of that impact right away. He's someone that you know the, the Panthers can look to to um, kind of develop in, uh, as he's playing in the NHL. And I, I agree. Uh, the Panthers, when they took Eric Branson uh, number three overall a few years back, uh, I think they foresaw him being that top elite. Uh, defenseman that that you need to compete uh, to win Stanley Cups in the NHL. He definitely hasn't progressed to their liking as of yet. Right. And I definitely do think that Ekblad's ceiling is a lot higher than um, Eric Branson's was when he was drafted. Right. And, you know, that talk about trying to improve immediately, you you know, the Panthers are trying to get there now. Um, You know, that's obviously a big task for Talon, but he has kind of ownership backing him on that. Um, yeah. And, you know, being in, in this position with that first pick, um, you know, he, he has a lot of options coming at him for trades. Um, and he has that, you know, standout um, prospect right at the top, ready to go. Um, maybe talk a little bit about some of those trade options and, and where uh, those may or may not uh, be the right way to go. Yeah, um, the Panthers got a new owner uh, just prior to the beginning of the 2013-2014 season. Uh, Vincent Viola, um, you know, for as 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 much as we want to knock on uh, the commissioner of of the grand old NHL, um, he actually was pretty essential in orchestrating this deal. And Viola has come in and said time and time again he wants to build a winner. He definitely wants to keep the team down in Florida. Um, you know, he's very focused on making sure that that's, uh, that's what's going to happen. Um, but he also is, is putting the onus on Dale. Look, uh, we're no longer putting up with losing hockey, which unfortunately for Panthers fans, uh, seems to be the, the general right. consensus for the past decade. Right. Um, but, uh, to answer your question, as far as trades go, um, there's, a lot of yeah, a lot of speculation on what Florida can do, and the rumor mongers out there have them, you know, moving down to the three spot with the Edmonton Oilers. Wouldn't you love to see the Edmonton Oilers draft number one right, overall again? again? <laughs> um, there's also big rumors out there uh, involving a potential trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, that could see Dion Phaneuf right. and Nazim Kadri come down to Florida. Um, it it sort of all depends on what talent is going to uh, be able to do as far as making trades at the draft, identifying players that uh, he thinks would might 
would might uh, would like to come to Florida as free agents, um, and also re-signing some of his own free agents. Uh, you know, we have to get Dmitry Kulikov re-signed, <laughs> along with uh, Erica Branson, also on the blue line. Right. So. And you know, I think you know part of that trade strategy, if that's the way he goes, you know, he needs to stay at the top. You know, definitely. And, and you know, that certainly limits the number of teams that he can deal with, and and that, you know when you kind of look at what they can provide for maybe a, a more mature uh, NHL player, I think the Ekblad, you know, at the top there, he's yeah. already ready to, to play in the NHL. And, and that's kind of that, that youth movement that could be, uh, you know, something that keeps the Panthers strong for years to come. Definitely. I, I think if the Panthers uh, go ahead and hold on to the pick and take Ekblad, he's going to hop in next year and play top four minutes. Right. Uh, you know, and he's definitely a guy that a lot of the scouts think could be, um, for his career, a, a top two defenseman and even a franchise defenseman. Right. And, you know, one of the knocks on a lot of the defensive prospects as they come up is, you know, they're not fully into their frame yet. They're, they're exactly. a little bit undersized or they make some of those kind of defensive mistakes. That's not really a knock on Ekblad. You know, he's, he's not a big all. boy. He's kind of full, you know, full in his frame, might even be able to get a little bit bigger. Uh, he's got power. Um, so I, I think, you know, that kind of concern of, of picking, you know, your, your cornerstone defenseman, um, and, and hoping he can make an impact isn't really there. Yeah. Anytime you can get an 18 year old to come to your team, who's six, four and close to <laughs> right. 220. I, I mean, what else is the guy supposed to do? Yeah. But it's, it's really, and I wanted to ask you this, it's kind of funny. Um, when you're looking at, at draft prospects, it always seems that, you know, any time that the guys are, you know, fully matured as far as their body goes, their size, their weight, a lot of scouts always say, okay, well, where's the ceiling? You know, right. has he hit his ceiling? And then if they're not that big, their knocks are, well, they need to work on their strength and size. So right. which one is it? Right. And I, I think you want to look at some of, you know, the, the potential for, for skills to improve. Um, you know, where where can the coaches kind of bring them into a system and what's their coachability? Um, that was kind of a knock on Hamilton. He was a little bit undersized. They wanted him to kind of fill out into his frame a little bit um, as he uh, kind of came up. But he was he was NHL ready, you know, kind of right early on. And yeah. and after getting that game experience and he got some playoff experience, um, you really see his decision-making improving. And I think that's that ceiling. You know, that's that coachable ceiling. Where, where can we bring this kid through the system and really get, you know, get him next to Chara and see some of that, um, you know, real game-time learning uh, from Achara or, or get him, you know, in closed system where it's very defense heavy. Um, and, and that decision-making becomes a little bit more natural. Um, and you see a, a guy like Hamilton really succeed with it. Definitely. With these players, when they're so young and they step into the NHL, uh, like with Dougie Hamilton, he was, he's always been a tremendous skater and his vision on the ice has always been great. I think that these transitions, especially for defensemen who a lot of scouts and uh, GMs, you know, they think their development takes a little bit longer till they become capable of, of being the best that they can be in the NHL. It's, you know, their, their maturity takes longer than it does for say a forward. But if they have these just elite quintessential hockey skills especially from the defensive end uh, being a great skater like Hamilton is uh, the size and the strength and the poise and always making the right plays uh, sort of as Ekblad projects to be um, it it definitely makes these guys you know when they step into the game a little bit easier just simplifying things yeah you know yeah and I I think that's where 
you know, and, and maybe this is actually, you know, maybe a little bit of a detriment on the on the Panthers team is it is a very young group. Definitely. Right? You know, some of that, that veteran. A third of the team is under 25. Right. Yeah. So, you know, some of that veteran, you know, when you slide Hamilton next to Chara, you know, Chara's been in the league for a long time. Yeah. And he's had his successes, and he's he's uh, a leader. You know, he's a captain in in that locker room. Um, and, you know, maybe Ekblad doesn't really have that, that you know, pairing. Or, or who, who yeah. could step in for that and, you know, new coach. New system, how's that going to impact a, a player like Ekblad? Well, Ekblad, unfortunately, the Panthers are, are still in a, a very unenviable position as far as where they are in the league. Uh, they've been in the basement year after year after year. Um, you know, when Dale Tellen came, became the GM of the Florida Panthers, you know, he had that first, you know, fire sale of, of, of his first year, and then, right. bam, he brought in so many free agents. And a lot of people thought, okay, well, Ed Jovanovsky uh, is going to be that guy that's going to be able to mentor a guy like uh, Erica Branson. Sure. Similar game, similar size, toughness, skill, gritty, leader. Um, and then you had a player like, say, uh, Brian Campbell, who who Talon made a trade for right. in the draft a few years ago. You're thinking, okay, he's one of the guys that can you know, finally show Dmitry Kulikov how to play the game correctly. Smooth skater, great shot from the point. Yep. I don't really know what direction uh, or what type of mentoring the Panthers are going to have for Ekblad. There's, if if Jovanovski's back next year, great. He didn't play in a lot of games last year. Sure, sure. He had a hip replacement surgery, and I think he was the first NHL player ever to come back. To come back, right. From hip replacement surgery. I don't see a lot of time, uh, him spending a lot of time on the ice, and, and there's even talk about him retiring. So, uh, the Panthers are really going to have to, you know, dig deep and either make a trade or go out and get uh, a free agent uh, to come in and mentor these younger defensemen. Right, and I think that you know that's you know certainly important on a team, especially when you're talking about bringing a prospect in and having them, you know, make that big impact. So, you know, Talon's got his work cut out for him. As far as as players to mentoring, um, you know, and, and definitely taking Chara, I think uh, you know one of the other players for the Bruins in Johnny Boychuk, yep, can definitely be looked up to as far as how to play the game the right way, how to be a professional. And this was really a breakout season for him. Um, you know, he's always performed well, but he had the spotlight on him when um, Dennis Seidenberg went down in in December. Former Panther, <laughs> right? Right, came up from the Panthers, and you know in, made that in, immediate and another one sided trade, you <laughs> right? Know, before talent got on board but so but yeah you're right i mean boy chuck he's he's one of the younger um you know well he's kind of that mid-group now but you know he came up through providence uh joined the bruins um and you know he was alongside uh matt barkowski for most of the season and you know i think boy chuck was able to shine a little bit and you realize how solid his game was while right. it's not flashy because he was picking up a lot of Barkowski's mistakes where Barkowski would get turned or lost behind the net. Boychuk was there and able to see that that type of thing was happening and still make the play. Right. Isn't it nice to just be flush with young defensive talent? Yes, like it is Bruins nice. <laughs> I mean, you got Tory Crew that came up, Kevin Miller, uh, you know, came in and, and really kind of took over for that McQuaid spot when McQuaid went down with injury a real nagging injury, you know, where he basically missed the rest of the season. Um, and, you know, you, you look at what Kevin uh, Miller has been able to do, and he's just – he's kind of taken on. He's a very strong body, uh, still a lot of kind of that hockey IQ to develop. But, right. again, you know, he, he has 
um, a Boychuk or a Chara in the locker room to kind of pick pick at him, you know, when he makes that mistake and make sure that he, he adjusts and, and learns from it. It's a great thing about watching the Bruins' defense is it seems like uh, on every pairing – uh, they complement each other so well, you know, whether it's uh, Tory Krug's speed right. or, you know, just Chara defensively always being in the right position, his reach, his size, um, you know, Boychuk having a breakout year, uh, yep. stepping up in the offense a little bit more. Uh, Matt Barkowski, who was, believe it or not, a, a Florida draft pick. And there also. you go. <laughs> There's so many. It's like it's, <laughs> Florida gets it's these... like the, you know, it's like the Kevin Bacon six degrees yeah. of separation from Florida. It's like Florida. They always seem to have, you know, in their clutches, a player that's that's relatively good. And then yeah. it just something happens. It's just that's what years of mismanagement and horrible ownership does. Right. So. But, yeah, um, having, you know, to get back uh with the Panthers, I fully expect them. Um, well, I hope for them to keep the pick and take Aaron Ekblad. I think that uh, he is the true elite talent in this year's draft, as compared to you know the past few seasons, um, where uh, the consensus has said that there's been more talent overall at the top. I, I think that this is the one guy that um, you know the Panthers really need to identify that he's he's going to be that stud for them for years down the road. Right, and and you know the Panthers are in need of that kind of franchise cornerstone. Definitely, and, and he could be that guy. They need help in a lot of places, but um, he's definitely the right place to start, uh, considering the the talent of prospects this year. Right, and that and that goes to you know now you get that that uh, defense in front of Luongo right. strengthened, and you know Luongo is going to be I think he's going to be much happier being back in Florida, um, just in terms of you know I think he I think Vancouver kind of war on him and and yeah. it didn't you know it, it was kind of getting in his head maybe a little bit so i think he's going to be in a better place um he's going to have a fresh team and definitely as, as that defense strengthens in front of him you know he has that chance to to really uh kind of turn it up over the you know as, as he's closing out his career there yeah you know i guess sometimes you got to consider yourself lucky um you know when the canucks lost to the bruins in the cup finals as far as a team with that much talent I've, yeah. I've never seen such a steady decline over the past, like, three, four years. Yep. They just went in an opposite direction, um, you know, whether it's injuries or players not playing to their ability. Um, coaching st- changes. Coaching changes. <laughs> yeah, it's just been so many different things, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, the Bruins really uh, wamboozled them, <laughs> yeah, I right. guess, three years <laughs> to come. Yeah, I mean, the, that series, you know, you, you looked at Vancouver, and they just felt like they were coming and flying – I think they were the President's Cup winner that yeah. year, and you know the the pressure was on them, and and you know the Bruins were able to really kind of take their legs out from under them, yeah. and it's really just put them on their back for you know a good couple of years now. I, I think everything changed in that game three with that Nathan Horton hit. Oh yeah, uh, yep. it just seemed like the Bruins, even though they were down two games to nothing in the series, they just literally never looked back after that. Right, right. Where, where do you see? Uh, Bruins have the 25th pick um, in this year's draft. Um, we were speaking a little bit earlier about the new playoff setup, uh, having to play teams within your division. Right, right. Um, obviously, you guys had a tough time with the Montreal Canadiens last year. Yep. Um, speak a little bit towards uh, what direction you think the Bruins are going in as far as their prospect and where they need to improve and get younger. Yeah, and I, I think you know that's really 
the the way to start benchmarking this is you look at what happened to them in the playoffs. You know, they they fought through Detroit. Um, you know, that went seven games, real tough series. Right. Uh, they got Montreal, um, and you know, both series you could see speed hurting the Bruins. Um, whether it's the Bruins not being fast enough, or the opposing team Nyquist uh, on on the Red Wings, or, or Brandon Gallagher uh, for the Canadians, and that goal Datsuk scored in game, oh, yeah. in game one against the Bruins, right? And you know, it, it's God. you can just see the speed turn our defenseman, and Tuca just you know he gets slammed, he gets you right. know completely hung out to dry. Um, you, you know you. you can put some of that on Tuca maybe, but you know, it's, it's really just the, the way that speed in our division is going to be kind of the defining factor. Um, you know, the Panthers are young, right? They're going to have some speed. Uh, obviously Montreal has speed. You get, you know, the, the Red Wings, uh, all the way down to, you know, Tampa Bay, Stamkos. Um, and that's really an opportunity for the Bruins to, uh, improve. Um, I think you see that they're not going to be taking Sean Thornton back. So they're moving away from kind of that heavier uh, enforcer style right. on that fourth line. Um, I would like to see them kind of bring up some of their prospects to fill in uh, some of those bottom six and maybe just have speed throughout the lineup. Right. Um, you know. Well, we know that they have one spot open with them moving on without Sean Thornton. Um, who do you think is going to be coming up uh, to take those those spots for, yeah. the, for the bottom six? Yeah, and uh, I mean, we kind of saw a little bit in the playoffs with uh, Justin Florek and Matt Frazier coming up. Right. Uh, I think they played a uh, combined uh, six games, maybe four or uh, three points. Um, and and you look at, uh, you know, how they were able to kind of jump up and, and make an impact. We have Ryan Spooner, who's a centerman down in Providence, uh, Alex Koklachev, who... Uh, he's a natural center, but they had him play some wing. Right. Um, so you have, you know, these top prospects who who are really knocking at the door down in Providence um, at the twenty fifth pick in the draft. I don't think the Bruins are going to get that, you know, NHL ready, speedy forward. Right. Um, you know, I I certainly think they can get someone to start to fill out the system, and and that should be a priority for them. Maybe move away from that power forward pick. Uh, you know, they have that in in Lucic and. Uh, Carl Soderberg certainly is strong on the puck and right. and brings some of that speed. Um, I think you need to get you know people some wingers to put alongside you know a Carl Soderberg or on that fourth line to just bring that attack. Um, and I think you look at what Ryan Spooner and, and Alex Kuklachev can bring, and they're probably our top two you know ready to go. Um, and and they certainly have some of that speed, speed and can bring that impact. Right. Are you, are you looking uh, as far as wingers go, um, and, uh, and and as the draft goes, are you looking for guys that are going to be more playmakers or finishers? Um, I think I think you need. That's a really good question. Probably playmakers. I think um, you need someone who can you know move bodies, turn defensemen, uh, get the puck deep while carrying it, maintaining right. possession. Um, and, and get those plays, you know, set up. Um, you know, we've kind of been a, a dump and chase team over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think with Dougie Hamilton, Tory Krug being able to bring some of that puck movement from the blue line, um, and we're able to kind of set up a little bit better now. Right. Um, and, and, you know, having, having wings that can get open, get space, get, uh, movement. Right. And, uh, you know, create open lanes, create shooting lanes. 
guys who um, can keep up with Krug and Hamilton right. too. I mean, they, you, they have you wheels. Get, <laughs> you get Krug flying up, and and if Lucic is on the ice, Lucic is he's a train. Right. He gets moving, but he has to he has to get that speed. Um, before you can kind of push the body, and that takes a little bit of time. So guys with that first really quick uh, right, first step. Quick first step. Right. And, you know, if they have that second gear, they can get that kind of afterburn going where where once they reach the offensive zone and can really, you know, turn a body or, or you know, really edge behind that net and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, create some space by, you know, playing the puck well and, and then getting that puck out to, you know, a Lucic or, you know, if we bring a Ginla back and a Ginla who crashes the net and establishes himself and, and right. really can push bodies uh, in front of goaltenders and create screens, I think that's our best chance for success. Has uh, Bruins uh, GM uh, Peter Shirelli been known to uh, have a certain type of player that he goes after in, in, in all these drafts? I, I mean, I know you're saying that you obviously need to get quicker, you need to get younger, more speed from the, from the wing position. But is there a prototypical Peter Shirelli type player that that he goes after in the draft? Yeah, and I, I think he's seen it's the bigger body, it's, okay. it's the bigger power power guy, and I think that's a direction that he's starting to see uh, we need to move away from. I mean, you had Tyler Sagan, obviously he's that kind of skill sniper, fast guy, right. and we traded him. Yeah, right? I mean, you, yeah. you pick him, you try and work him into the system, and I think you know there's been you know the criticism that. Oh, you know, a Tyler Sagan won't fit in with the system, or or Claude, you know, Claude, uh, Claude Julian doesn't use, um, you know, the speed and the skill to his advantage. And I think that's where we need to make a fundamental change, right. especially when we look at the division and and how we're going to play through it. Um, you know, Sagan had a fantastic year in Dallas. Um, Riley Smith, who we got in that trade, was great, and he scored points. Came um, out of nowhere, right? Came yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> Excuse me, but he he regressed at the end of the year. Right. You know that that stuff doesn't last. But that's the type of you know if you can get those scores and you can get those people who can make you know opportune goals, um, and we can start to fill out all four lines with that. You know we've been one of the best four line teams in the league consistently. Definitely. Yeah, um, and you know you look at I think it was you know against Montreal and you had the fourth line out after Lucic and and uh, again Len Krejci had a fantastic shift. And the fourth line just got pushed by right. the speed and, and the you know kind of that tenacity of the Canadians, and we lost all that momentum that we had gotten from the power line, right. the, you know the power forward line. Um, so I think bringing some speed to all four lines and just having that that attack available um, is, is really going to make us competitive in this division. And a lot of people uh, tend to forget, um, you know, these speedy wingers, they'll also do a lot for you on the penalty kill. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at what P.K. Subban was able to do in the playoffs last year. Uh, again, Drew Doughty with the L.A. Kings. Right. Uh, these type of players, um, you know, the league is moving in a different direction where, uh, you know, I, I may be a horrible comparison, but, you know, years ago in the NFL, uh, you'd see it a, a just a ton of running backs taken in the first round. You don't sure. see that anymore. No. And I sort of see a, a change across the NHL uh, for these, you know, they're not so afraid to take these smaller, skilled, speedy guys. Right, right. Uh, you know, point in case, uh, last year, Jonathan Druin, I, I, I think he's going to step in for Tampa next year right and be that answer to what marty st louis was maybe not right out of the gate uh, just as good as he is i mean because the guy's an mvp but um i think it made 
Eisenman, <laughs> I think it made it uh, easier for Eisenman to go ahead and trade St. Louis last year because he knew what he had in the system. Right. And, uh, man, I can't think of the kid's name, but uh, someone that Calgary got, Johnny Hockey. Uh, 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 oh, what, last year? Uh, I don't know. He he came up from college, and I think he, I think they already had him, but they signed him from college. Oh, wow. Uh, was this just recently? Yeah. Um, I think he played, like, one game with Calgary. I'll, I'll have to... We'll, we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see if we can get that, but... <laughs> But, you know, he, he's a small, undersized guy, but he brings speed. And he was just like this really fast, uh, you know, player. Uh, he made an impact in the NCAA uh, uh, tournament. Um, I know I know some of the younger players. Sean Moynihan's one that comes to mind. But um, as, as far as this player, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, the Panthers took uh, Jonathan Huberdeau a couple years ago. Bigger guy. Um, as far as, as, as height goes, but definitely he has a lot to do in the way of filling out, uh, getting, getting stronger, uh, becoming a better skater, but definitely very skilled, very fast. Um, it's, you know, when, when you're continually picking in the top five, much to my misfortune as being a Panther fan and, and wanting to see successful, uh, hockey and wins and playoff hockey, um, you know these sort of picks kind of make themselves uh, when you're picking at such high at, at such a high point in, in the draft. Um, you know I think people were taken for a curveball when uh, uh, Dale Talon took Barkov last year, but I, I think like we were speaking about earlier, like that's one of those pieces you need to build a cup contender. Right. So and I did pull him up. It's not to be confused with Jonathan Huberdeau. It's right. Johnny Goudreau. Goudreau. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so Johnny Goudreau, he uh, he was a big guy for Boston College. Okay. Um, and yeah, the, he played one game with the Flames, like at the end of the season. But I think he like you know he scored, he, he scored a goal, yeah, like he go. and he's like a five foot tall kid, you know, <laughs> and he's just this blazer that you know turns bodies and, right. and kind of weasels through people. And that's what the league is getting. They're getting these kind of. They're not afraid to take right. a smaller guy. Definitely, like as far as wingers go, I mean, I I think that being strong up the middle and and having size up the middle is definitely very important. Um, you know, obviously for the Bruins, you know, Bergeron's got size. Yep. Krejci's got size. Um, your third liner, who's, yep, who's Carl Soderberg, Carl Soderberg, centering that third line. Uh, he and he was fantastic in the playoffs last year. Having that size up the middle, and then having those speedy, skilled wingers, uh, yeah. you know, definitely very helpful. Right, and then you know, uh, I think what Claude can do is is turn those speed, those speedy players, to his advantage for his system. He loves right. the back check. The speedy players can get back. Right. But, you know, don't don't, you know, hold them back when, you know, let them fly the zone a little bit or let let them take those risks. It takes time to get a, a you know, the players comfortable with that, but if you can get guys flying the zone and you get, you know, a Dougie Hamilton who can make an excellent first pass and if he's collecting the puck and hitting that guy flying the zone, well then, you know, now you're turning guys the the defense uh, uh you know, they miss their pivots and and you're right. crashing the net on the breakaway. Yeah. And you know a lot of these these GMs where I you know before I think they might have shied away from this. There's such good teachers in the NHL now, where if you are a speedy forward, um, you know who has sort of a one way offensive game, right. you could still learn that defensive game. Um, and uh, you know, I always say that if you have an elite skill set, anything elite, uh, your your shot, your your playmaking ability, your vision, especially your skating, yep, take the player, teach him later. Oh yeah, and and you know really. Your back check can be as simple as, you know, putting pressure on a guy right. and then filling a lane. 
And if you're the guy that's going to fly the zone, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be mobile. You're going to be moving. Right. And if you just keep your feet moving and if you, you get those lanes filled and you let the defensemen, you know, your, your Chari, your Hamilton, your Boychuk, I mean, those are big names right there. Yeah. You let them do their jobs um, and, and get that puck and get that first pass. And, and now you're, you're, you're going up and down the ice and you're the team that's, getting you know you're the now the canadians where they got gallagher who flies all over the ice and and wears you out now you're right. now the bruins are the team that can do that yeah uh, it, it's going to be interesting next season um you know i think that there's going to be significant changes with florida i don't see the bruins changing so much but i definitely do see some of their younger players yeah coming up which you know um might you know? I, I think it's a great idea for the bruins um there's a lot of playoff mileages uh, on on different players legs for the Bruins especially Chara oh yeah when he seems like maybe he takes five minutes off a period right (laughs) right especially in the playoffs and he's you know I think for the Bruins to continually be effective uh during you know you guys are definitely in the full-blown uh championship window right now yeah this is Um, our time to really take them right any any uh help that you can give your superstars like Chara, like Krejci, like Bergeron, Rask, definitely uh, you need to take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and now's the time. And, you know, this is where I'm, I'm hoping Shirelli is, you know, that kind of indicator of moving away from Sean Thornton um, indicates some of that, that fundamental change in how they're going to kind of operate the team and, and uh, you know, make impacts with the, their prospects. Yeah, it's interesting. The league's sort of taken a a very, you know, silent but definitive step back from fighting in the tough guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that they're they're not necessary anymore because they do bring a lot of heart and, and fight and spirit to to different teams. Yep. Um, and definitely, you're you want to protect your younger skilled guys. Um, but uh, yeah, it's sort of like they're sort of like sliding away. Like you can you can be a tough guy, but you need to have some skill. Right. Right. And, you know, Thornton was a tough guy that, you know, he, he brought a little bit of skill. Um, but I, I think you, you look at someone like, you know, maybe that Kevin Millar who's – or uh, Kevin Miller on the on the um, Bruins who, you know, he's a physical guy, you know, bottom pairing of the defense, but he right. can throw a punch. And, you know, maybe you look to him to kind of be that enforcer but not have that be his primary role, you know, and, and right. I think that's what you're going to find. You're going to have – you know, Lucic isn't afraid to throw a punch. <laughs> He's threatening guys in the handshake line. And well, it's like, you, you, you know, see, I'm, I'm hoping that's where the Panthers can eventually get to uh, a couple of years down the road. The Bruins are just bereft with talent. Right. Um, you know, and being able to bring the young guys up when they're ready instead of, you know, continually having to say, oh, is this guy that we're drafting NHL ready? We need help now. Uh, you know, I mean, Erica Branson, you know, had one year of, of minor league seasoning. Jonathan Huberdeau had one year of minor league seasoning. Barkov came right into the NHL last year. Right. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, if the Panthers take him, I'm pretty sure he's going to be with the big club next year. Yep. Um, you know, which is great. Let them develop together. Uh, let them learn how to lose. Let them learn how to win together. But, I mean, the way that the Bruins are doing it is that's why they're at the top of the NHL because they do it the right way. Right. And, you know, you, you look up and down the Bruins lineup and – it's weird to say, but they're they're all veterans now, you know. I mean, yeah. they they have their young pieces, but you can look at you know really every pairing, every uh, line, and and there's a there's a veteran available. 
um, and they've gone to the playoffs. They've gone through those battles. You know, you, you know, Mark Recchi was that guy like back, you know, in 2011. But now he's he's you know obviously retired, and and you have players like Bergeron, you know, stepping into those roles. Boychuk now becoming the leader for right. a, a, in for their defense in the locker room. The, these you know Krejci who, who's who's you know he's more understated, but he's got you know that uh, skill and and he's always makes an impact and and he kind of leads by example. Um, you want Good those guys standing up, too. Right. right? Right. So uh, did, off the cuff uh, question uh, is is Marshawn in a Bruin sweater next year? I think he has to be. Um, okay. I think he's if you lose him. That's another one of your speedy guys that you're getting rid of. Right. And, you know, it would be interesting to see what Chiarelli takes back. I mean, you always have to look at the deal. Right. But if he's, you know, getting rid of Marshawn for a big power forward type, you know, where where are you going? You're you're right. just trying to, to, you know, be the bully again. And that's, I don't know how long that's going to work in our division. Yeah, you know, seeing some of the, uh, you know, behind-the-curtain stuff with uh, Behind the Bee yep. on Nesson, um, they're pretty self-aware. Uh, they, it, it seems like all the management, all the scouts, coaches, they're all on the same page. They know where they need to improve. And they're pretty cognizant about the teams that are around them. Right. So I could definitely, I mean, especially with, they have a championship caliber team. Yeah. If they know that they need two or three pieces uh, to get better on the wing, to get faster, uh, you know, to get younger, more playmakers, I, I have full faith that Shirelli's going to do that. Right. And, you know, that, I think that's what we find out this year is kind of what, what's Shirelli's, uh medal. You know, you look at, what was it, the past two trade deadlines and he got left at the altar. Right. He had Aginla taken away from him. Well, Aginla chose to go with Pittsburgh. Right. Within his rights. Um, and then last year, there, you know, there was that rumor of the like a big three-way trade with, uh, I think it was with Vancouver for like a Kessler or something was right. involved in that, and that fell apart. And you know, we end up with you know pieces. We end up with Mazaros and uh, Corey Potter. Yeah. It's like or or, or Yager, but he he really didn't do sure, very much. Sure. You know. Um. Uh, but uh, you know. It can be such a, a trade deadlines can be so hit or miss for teams. For um, sure, you know, especially you know teams that are, are having fire sales. Sure, you can get their talent. You know, yep. I, I, the Panthers have gone through several. Oh yeah, um, you know, you can get their 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 talent for bottom dollar, but you know, having the true elite players, um, you know, it, it can sometimes be difficult, especially when you want to have that depth going into a cup run. Yes, yeah, so. and I think I think it's solidifying depth. I think it's letting those players in our um you know in providence get their opportunity to to make an impact um and i think when you when you find uh what they can bring that really tells you um what what Chirelli's, uh kind of work over the past couple of years has done right and, and the bruins have providence bruins have been a great team absolutely also. yeah um, you know the thing with the panthers is they've just been rushing so many so many players to uh, the NHL um, or, you know, giving up on them or, you know, uh, that their minor league AHL affiliate, the San Antonio Rampage, just, you know, they haven't been really been able to ice a a good hockey team for the past few years. Um, You know, whether that's rushing prospects up to the NHL or, you know, Jacob Markstrom, who was seen as, you know, a couple of years ago, the best NHL goalie prospect not playing in the NHL. Right. um, You know, He's in Vancouver now, and, yep. and the yep. Panthers got Roberto Luongo back. Right, so, right. 
you know, these prospects and, 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 and building them right and seasoning them right, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, you know, their character, their abilities. But, um, you know, sometimes rushing them can just do more harm than good. So, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's what the AHL and some of those, you know, lower tier teams do or uh, leagues do is they give that opportunity for prospects to grow. Right. And, and you look at the, you know, developmental hockey leagues uh, across Canada and, and U.S. making a big push. And right. There, there's, you know, a lot of effort being uh, put towards these kids. Um, and I, I think uh, we're starting to see the benefits of it. Yeah. And, you know, th- this isn't, you know, obviously, a lot of people say, yeah, if you're ready to play in the NHL, you're ready to play in the NHL. Right. There's, there's just no two ways about it. Um, I do think it's it's good nowadays that um, there's such parity in junior hockey, you know, especially in the Canadian Hockey League, in the OHL, the WHL, uh, the Qu- Quebec Major Junior, uh, even overseas in these men's leagues. You know, you have 16, 17-year-old kids playing oh, yeah. in these men's leagues in Sweden and in, in Finland. Um, yep. It's it's more players are more NHL ready nowadays just because of the level of the talent that they're playing with coming up. Yes. So. Yes. Oh, great. I think, uh, you know, that's a, a lot about what the Panthers and the Bruins need. Um, I know you've done a lot of research on, on yeah. some of the prospects. Uh, anyone in particular, you know, uh, that kind of jumps out at you as, as uh, important for this draft going to the kind of that top five? Um, you know, well, I mean, there's a lot of speculation that the Panthers are going to make a trade uh, with the number one overall. Uh, I think Dale Talens, if he does, he's not going to go any lower than eight. Um, you know, obviously somebody could go in and blow him away with a trade, right. you know, to help him right now. But, um, you know, three players that might be in that four to eight range uh, that just, you know, look like they could be tremendous talent down the road is uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Um, very, you know, again, one of these smaller, yep. very skilled wingers um, who I, I just think is going to be a hell of a player sure. uh, once he makes it to the NHL. Um, William Nylander, uh, you know, uh, there's another thing that was crazy this year I wanted to bring up was the bloodlines this right. year. Right, a lot of uh, legacy guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reinhardt, uh, his, yep. his, uh, I mean, think about the Reinhardt could get drafted, Sam Reinhardt, and he could either go to the flames who right. have his older brother, right. or he could go to the Islanders who has his older brother. <laughs> there you so, go. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty neat. But as far as three guys go, I'd have to say Ehlers, uh, William, uh, Nylander. I just, I think, you know, a lot of prospects, uh, scouts are saying that he just has all the talent in the world. He's a little bit of a risky pick because he can be a little bit of a prima donna. But, you know, I, I always say just, you know, take the talent, take the talent. Um, another guy is, uh, Leo Dreisaitl, uh, big center, um, you know, European skater. I, I just, I think that, uh, I think he's going to be another good player in the NHL too. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, not knowing much about, uh, Buffalo, but you know, Buffalo has that second pick this year right? and they're in kind of a similar situation where they moved a lot of pieces out last year. Um, they're kind of in that rebuilding phase and, you know, I think, I think you look at, you know, some of those top five players and with them having that number two spot, they have a chance to make an impact here too. Yeah, definitely. I, I you know, it, it seems like, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot as far as hockey blogs and, and, and listening to different, uh, scouts and experts and all that. It seems like it's Ekblad and then the two Sams. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I can see Buffalo taking, you know, one of Bennett. Or Reinhardt, Sam Bennett, or Sam Reinhardt. Right. Um, 
they, you know, if the Panthers for whatever reason uh, pass on Ekblad or move down into that three spot, um, you know, I'm hoping Reinhardt is still available there for him. There you go. Yeah. Uh, playmaker. Uh, you know, tremendous vision on the ice. Um, you know, a lot of people have Bennett rated higher. I don't know for some reason. You know, just watching YouTube and, and checking out little clips of Reinhardt, I, I I tend to like his game a little bit better. Yeah. So great. Yeah, but uh, it should be pretty fun. Uh, what less than uh, less than six days away? Yeah. to the draft. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, it's going to be you know definitely a great first round. I think there's a lot of a lot of impact. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, really interesting that happens or see what happens with the the Panthers right um you know right down to the wire that last second wire on the clock for mm-hmm. for Talon to uh figure out you know the direction he wants to take and uh hopefully we can follow up um after the draft and maybe talk a little bit about uh what happened yeah definitely uh you know either the Panthers stay put or trade down and hell I mean you the Bruins have so much defensive depth in the minor league that they could even move up if they identify a player that they yeah, like Yeah, we too, certainly so. have prospects and and you know that's again Shirelli kind of taking that taking that initiative to to make an impact. It's good to have chips to play with. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. So, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, thanks Jack Jack Powell with uh, uh for Flor- Florida Panthers fan extraordinaire. I'm John De Palma with uh, deeksanddangles.com. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for your time. <laughs>